Hi, and welcome to the Kiteboarding Coach podcast. My name is Tom, and would you believe it, I am a kiteboarding coach. Okay, um, the following is an excerpt from my kite surfing book, uh, available as a paperback, ebook, or audio book, all on Amazon. Over the coming weeks, I'm going to read uh, through the entire book on each week, elaborate a little bit on each chapter. Hopefully, it will be of use to anyone learning, kite surfing, or progressing couple of points before we begin. YouTube videos, books and podcasts are a great way for you to understand something but nothing compares to real life coaching where you can get instant feedback from a kite surfing professional. Seriously don't stop learning, go to your local school and get a lesson even if you can kite surf already as in just a couple of hours you can learn things that will save you years and help you really enjoy your water time. Remember to always put safety first. Always take some time to check the wind, look at your spot and really think about what you're doing. Kite surfing is an incredibly safe sport when practiced properly. There are, however, a few things that you really should know before you get started. So they sink in and that will help you to have more fun, have a great time and to be safe. Know that the launch is the most dangerous part of kite surfing and the most common injury in the sport is a twisted ankle from falling in shallow water below the knee. Don't be that guy or girl always kiting water above your knee and make sure you have at least two kite line lengths of space downwind of you. If in any doubt, don't go out and remember, it's better to be on the beach wishing you were out to sea than out to sea wishing you were on the beach. There are many ways to coach and kite surf. I'm a BKSA and IKO qualified instructor, but all my advice is my opinion and you should always get lessons and practice safe kite surfing. Get some free coaching and send me a video of you riding to tom at thekiteboardingcoach.com and I'll do my best to help. Um, You can subscribe to the podcast, Uh, it should be weekly. Also, get a free kite surfing book from my website, thekitesurfingcoach.com and check out my coaching trips. The next one is Portugal 2018, which is perfect for progressing for freestyle and for waves, or if you're working on staying upwind, I can accommodate you. I'll be there from June to September running private coaching and clinics. Make sure you open the description of this podcast where you will find lots of really useful links. Okay, let's get right to it. So, to really help you to get the most from your lessons and to help you to truly learn kite surfing faster, um, I wrote the book giving all my suggestions after 10 years of teaching to um, just saw lots of people doing the same mistakes and wanted people to get more value from their lessons. Lessons aren't cheap um, and you can end up doing quite a lot of lessons. So there's a few things that I can share that will just help you to get the most from your lessons. Okay, number one, buy a small power kite. This is massive. If you turn up to your lesson already with the ability to fly a kite, then you will have a huge advantage on your lesson. Um, because half the lessons that instructors spend in a one-day, two-day course, 
is teaching people how to fly the kite. And if you turn up to a lesson and you can already fly a kite and you've got an idea of the wind window, you've got your back to the wind and you know what you're doing, you can do a power stroke, a figure of eight, it really is going to help you so, so much. Um, get a foil, you can buy a really cheap one, Chinese one. Okay, you get what you pay for, but make sure it has a bar. You can use a, um, a stick and just tie the stick to its rudimentary, but it does work. Or you can get something really nice like an ozone ignition. And uh, they're great to have for the family and you can use it while you're kite surfing. Uh, kids, everyone can use it. Grandma, everyone can use it. The next thing to do is to decide to kite surf. Now, it sounds, sounds simple, but this really is your key to success. If you just want to have a go to see if you like it, that's great, but don't expect to progress very quickly. Um, if you've decided, like, yeah, I'm going to do this, then you're, you've just got more, you're just going to listen and learn and realize that it's a process. Um, someone said to me the other day, it's a story, and I love that. In fact, it was Michael, and uh, yeah, it's, he's so right. Um, learning to kite surf takes time. Most people take around 20 hours of instruction before they feel ready to practice independently. Learning to kite surf is fun right from the beginning, so no excuse. Next, book some lessons. Find a professional school, usually someone that's accredited like um, FDWS, the German, the IKO, BKSA, the British Kite Surfing Association, and make sure that you get you find yourself a passionate instructor. Uh, this is important. You want to be taught properly in a safe, comfortable and friendly environment using kite surfing equipment that is specifically designed for learning. Also, a great instructor knows that their job is to help you to become independent. So you will be a safe and independent learner, meaning you can practice on your own safely. Okay, the next thing to do is to know what to expect. So if you're already having lessons uh, or if you're about to have lessons, they should go something like this. Basic theory, number sorry, number one, basic theory about essential safety, the wind window and how to fly a kite. Number two, how to fly a trainer kite on the land. Number three, how to set up a kite surfing kite. Number four, how to use your control bar and how to activate your main safety systems. Number five, how to launch and land a kite surfing kite. Number six, how to fly a kite surfing kite and how to relaunch it from the water. Number seven, how to body drag. Body dragging is where you use the power of the kite to pull you through the water without a board. You need to know how to body drag for several reasons so you can recover your board in deep water and learn how to get yourself back to the land without your board. There are three main types of body drag. Downwind body dragging, directional body dragging and upwind body dragging. You have to learn them all. Number eight, how to self-rescue. If something goes wrong at sea and how to self-land uh, your kite. Number nine, how to board start. How to ride on your board and most importantly, how to come to a controlled stop. Now you may find that your lesson is done slightly in a slightly different order. This could be due to the location or the conditions, but this is the most common 
and preferred process used by most professional schools and instructors all around the world. Okay, next, buy some kite surfing equipment. Um, get yourself some of your own gear as soon as you can after your lessons. When you commit to buying equipment, you are confirming to yourself that you are going to kite surf. New equipment is not only much safer, but it's much easier to use. Plus, having crispy new equi equipment will help inspire you to get out there and get the most value from your new gear and continue learning. I know the saying, all the gear and no idea, but it really does inspire you to listen, learn and uh, get and to progress so you can use your new gear that you've just spent all your money on. Uh, get some board skills. Most people, when starting their kite surfing lessons, have never flown a kite, let alone ridden any other type of board. Don't worry, because kite surfing is one of the easiest sports to learn, but the best practice for kite surfing, okay, is actually kite surfing, but to help your board skills, wakeboarding, snowboarding, surfing, and even riding on a skateboard will all help you to learn kite surfing faster. Any time that you spend riding on any sort of board will help improve your balance. It will also help you to get used to the feeling of standing up on a board, as well as giving you the chance to practice turning. And it's a great excuse to have some pre-fun fun. Whatever you do, just make sure you do it safely. Uh, use accelerated learning. This is a little bit of a, a brain hack a, um, uh, that you can use. Using, one of one, the, using more than one of your five senses can help you to retain more information. So reading out loud anything that you feel you want to remember, uh, listening to the audiobook version uh, of the book, or listening to this podcast in your car while you're onto the beach, um, all helps, or even listening on your headphones or waiting in a queue while doing the washing, um, the action also of putting pen to paper, uh, writing things down that you want to remember, really, really works. Also, discuss or teach anything that you learn with friends, as just by speaking out loud in your own words will help you to understand and remember new information. You may even be able to help a friend who is also learning to kite surf or inspire someone else to get into the sport. It really works. Next, do some visualizations. Uh, watch people kite surfing. Just sit down. It's a, it's a really pleasurable thing to do is to sit on the beach and watch other kite surfers. Once you, I call it monkey see, monkey do, but you should have a good idea of what people are doing by watching them. You start to understand it a bit better and actually visualizing um, yourself doing it. This really works in advanced coaching, but it also works in beginning the sport as well. You can clearly visualize yourself doing something and think about the feeling that you will get and you'll be amazed at how quickly you can progress. Warm up before every session. So before you go out, it's always worth thinking about doing a little warm up. The setup of kite surfing, pumping up a kite, letting your lines, uh, running your lines out all help, but it's a really good idea to do some basic stretches, maybe some push-ups, just so you minimize the chance of pulling a muscle or just aching the next day. Um, kite surfing does use muscles that perhaps you haven't used before. And when we crash, it's not painful. Uh, um, it's water, but we can um, 
uh, overstretch muscles like necks and arms. So at the end of a, a session, always remember to stretch out as well, and it will just help you to, uh, to be able to focus on learning to kite surf. Once you've had your lessons and you go out on your own, make sure you get insurance. Um, you can get insurance from the British Kite Surfing Association. If you're in the UK, the IKO, International Kite Surfing um, Organization, they provide insurance. It's just really worth having. If something terrible were to happen and your kite got loose and then it went across a road and uh, caused a car accident, then people would come and look for the kite surfer and I, I imagine would try to sue you. Or not I imagine, I know it happens. Um, so having some third-party insurance is a really, really good idea. Don't be that guy who uh, who does that in the first place, but accidents do happen. They can and do happen. So having some insurance gives you peace of mind and also will stop you from getting a ban at a local beach because if the council had to pay for an accident, then kite surfing would probably be banned. That would be really bad for a lot of very enthusiastic and then angry kite surfers. Next, keep your eye on the prize. Try to budget for a little frustration when you're in the early stages of learning. Part of the beauty of kite surfing is that you can only go when Mother Nature says so. Sometimes it feels like you're going backwards. Everyone goes through it, so relax. It does take a bit of time. And one thing that's really good to do is to keep going. Uh, try not to have long breaks. If you can do an intensive course where you get five or six days in a row of kiting, it's much easier than doing one day here and there. You'll just start off where you left off rather than having to recap all the time. And just realize it just takes time. You won't learn, well, some people do, but it's very rare to learn in a week. Um, you will get to the stage where you're starting to get up on a board after a couple of days, but actually riding, it can take uh, several weeks to, to get to the point where you're going upwind, meaning to come back to where you started. So while kite surfing is a quick sport to learn in comparison to something, say, like windsurfing, which is actually much more difficult, the the learning curve is, is quite steep, meaning that it's a lot to process quite quickly. But once you get it, it's definitely easier. Okay, kite surfing equipment. Um, when you're on your lessons, your instructor will choose the most suitable gear, but your first sessions without an instructor, you must have the right gear. Here's an idea of recommended kite surfing gear. Number one, an inflatable kite surfing kite, uh, free from rips and tears that hold air and the correct size according to your body weight and the wind speed. In general, in kite surfing, the less wind, the bigger the kite. And the bigger the wind, the smaller the kite. It's pretty simple. Um, newer gear is definitely better um, than older gear. Try to avoid those old cheap kites, kites on eBay. They are not a bargain. When I started kite surfing way back when it started, um, we had terrible kites with terrible safety and they didn't relaunch. It was not a pleasure. We did it because we loved it. But in about 2006, 2007, kites just got better and better and better. And within the last five years, kites are now amazing. Okay, um, number two, a working kite surfing pump that has the correct connection for your make of kite. Um, 
Don't, I've done it. Don't get to the beach and forget a pump and expect to use other people's pumps. They might not be there. They might be, um, they might be on the water or they might have locked their pump in the car. But also, kitesurfing pumps are a little bit like um, uh, chargers on phones where back in the day, every brand had a different uh, charger and just the same now with kitesurfing pumps. Um, so you might not have the right attachment for the right uh, for your kite. So make sure you have your pump and the correct attachment with you. You can risk it, but the last thing you want to do is sit on the beach not being able to kite surf or have to drive home or whatever. Number three, a kite surfing specific bar and lines that can be used with your kite and has an effective modern safety release system that attaches to your harness. The the best advice is to make sure you have a one-line safety system where when you release your safety system you're only attached to your kite by one line and your kite has no power. Number four, a selection of modern kites in different sizes to choose from depending on the wind strength. As I said, the bigger the wind, the smaller the kite, the smaller the wind, the bigger the kite. Um, number five, a twin tip board that can be ridden in both directions. You can learn on a surfboard, but it's quite a bit easier to learn on a twin tip for your first rides. Number six, a bar that has a one-line safety system. This is when you activate your safety, your kite is attached to you by one line so there is no power. I already said that, but um, yeah, it is really important to make sure you have a one-line uh, bar safety system. Okay, recommended personal kite surfing equipment. Number one, a kite surfing harness that fits you correctly and has an emergency leash attached to the front or to the side so it can be released quickly and easily. Um, kite surfing harnesses very quickly. We've got some new hard shell um, uh, designs. They're the best. The seat harnesses do work if you've got an unusual body shape. But um, the really important point is that you attach your safety harness to your front or your side, not to the handle on your back. Uh, make sure that uh, that is never attached to the handle on your back because if you need to release it in an emergency and it's on your back, it's very difficult, if not impossible, to reach. So make sure your instructor has always got your leash, um, preferably on your predominant side. So if you're right-handed, best to put it on your right-hand side, on the front or to your side. Number two, a line cutter. They cost $10, $15, um, it doesn't happen uh, hardly ever. I've In 10 years of teaching, I've never got wrapped in lines or any student has got wrapped in lines, but occasionally it does happen. If it does, you want to have a line cutter to be easily cut yourself free so you don't get into any trouble. Uh, number three, a wetsuit of some description. You, even if you're learning in really warm waters, it's really nice to learn in a wetsuit. Um, simply, it can protect you from jellyfish. Um, and if you do fall over, well, when you fall over, it definitely protects you against a slap from the water. And also, it makes you a little bit more buoyant as well, um, a wetsuit. And if you're in the cold, it's essential. And, uh, and a really warm wetsuit makes your life better. It's that simple. You can stay out longer and it's safer. Number four, when you're learning a buoyancy aid or an impact vest designed for use in the water. Number five, a safety helmet that is designed to be used in the water. Uh, number six, 
uh, a cheap mobile phone in a waterproof bag that can be carried in a pocket or your wetsuit for emergencies. Something that I recommend to everyone. I always carry one. It can, you never know what can be happen. You can be the safest kite surfer in the world, but you could still get into trouble. Expect the unexpected. And having a, a, a cheap Nokia phone in a, a water-tight bag, uh, you can buy them for 5 or $6, and a Nokia for, for about the same, I think, these days. Um, you can at least call the Coast Guard, call um, a friend. Um, it's useful. And even if someone is in trouble on the beach and you've got a mobile phone with you, then you can help save someone's life. Those few seconds can make all the difference. Um, depending on your location, um, you also might need um, wetsuit boots, gloves, hat, and of course, sunscreen. Cool. So, moving on, we're going to just talk a little about the wind. Um, as an introduction to kite surfing, and the wind is very, very important. Um, what we're going to do is the most important part of kite surfing is the wind. It's, it's that simple. If there's no wind, we don't have kite surfing. It just doesn't exist. We don't have safety. We don't have anything. So we need the wind. If what we need to do now is we need to find out three different things about the wind. We must know what the wind strength is, so how much wind there is. Number two, which direction the wind is coming from and which direction it's going to. And number three, the weather forecast. So number one, strength. Number two, direction. Number three, forecast. Okay, let's talk about each one. So number one, the wind strength. So you must be sure of the actual wind speed at your location to be able to choose the right size kite. No matter how good you are, if you have the wrong size kite when you're going to, you're, you're going to struggle. In light wind, you will use a large kite and in strong winds, you will use a small kite. Choosing a kite size that is too big for your weight and the wind can be dangerous as you may not be able to control that power. But also, choosing a kite that is too small can mean that your kite will be difficult to fly, difficult to relaunch, and not provide you with enough power to pull you through the water. So choosing the right kite size will ensure a safer session, speed up your progression, and most importantly, make your whole experience much more enjoyable. Okay, most kite surfers, and so how do we measure that wind? Most kite surfers and sailors uh, and wind sport enthusiasts uh, from around the world use knots to measure the wind strength. To give you a clue about knots, 10 knots is 11 and a half miles an hour or 18.5 kilometers per hour. How do you find out the strength of the wind and choose the right kite? Look at the water. As long as the wind is coming from the sea, which it should be, and there are no strange tidal effects, then looking at the sea is the simplest and most reliable way of knowing the wind speed. So you can make the best decision on choosing which kite size you need to use. When choosing your kite size, you must take into consideration your body weight. Lighter riders need smaller kites and bigger riders need bigger kites. Pretty simple. The following wind strength kite size guide 
is based on the average rider. One to eight knots. The water surface is extremely calm and flat with maybe a few ripples. This is considered extreme light wind in kite surfing and large specialist kites are needed ranging from 12 to even 25 meters in size. Although these days, um, 25 meters is still extreme. Um, 12, 15 meter kites are extreme light wind kites. Um, extreme light wind is not recommended for inexperienced kite surfers unless you are with an instructor in waist deep water and using specialist equipment. This is because relaunching your kite from water in super light winds can be extremely difficult even impossible and would mean a swim back to land or a rescue every time you crash the kite not cool you need to easily be able to relaunch your kite and because you're going to be crashing it a lot when you start okay nine to fourteen knots the water surface is moving. You will notice many small ripples and some white caps. Some people call it white horses, white caps. They're very small waves and you can see the whites of them on the water. So white caps, um, wavelets, they, they show they're a good sign that there is enough wind to kite surf. Generally, kite sized around 11 to 17 meters are used a 9 to 14 knots is a great wind speed for learning to kite surf. Relaunching your kite from the water is definitely easier with a good breeze. Large kites in light winds are slower, steadier and have more consistent power and are more forgiving which means it's easier to concentrate on your body position and your board control. Next, 15 to 24 knots. As you will see, more and more white caps on the water you will see small waves breaking out to sea and not just on the shore. Generally, kites at around 8 to 10 meters are used and this is a great wind speed for kite surfing. However, the wind is now getting strong. 15 to 24 knots, um, so you need to be even more respectful and cautious of the power. You can relaunch your kite in these winds, you can relaunch your kite more quickly and with greater ease um, and, and experienced riders are extremely happy. This is about as good as it gets. Um, 20 knots is easy and it's not scary and it's just a great, a great wind speed for everyone. Unless you're an extreme kite surfer who's into mega loops and jumping huge, 20 knots is just perfect. So 25 to 40 knots and above. This is super strong wind. This is where kite surfing becomes an extreme sport. You can see the water surface is full of white caps and has lots of large waves that are breaking out to sea and not just on the shore. In these conditions, extremely small kites are used around four to seven meters. High winds like this are not recommended for learning to kite surf unless, again, you're with an instructor who is experienced in teaching in high winds using specialist equipment. Relaunching in super strong wind is easy, but it can be more dramatic. Small kites can also be more difficult to control because they are fast, they're like a wasp, very, very quick, and they require much more attention to fly. 
Uh, crashes in strong wind are also harder. Equipment can get damaged more easily and serious accidents are much more likely, especially when uh, launching, which is why extreme ca caution is recommended. A good rule to remember, if in doubt, don't go out. So what are other ways to other ways are there to find out the wind speed so you can make the right choice? But first of all, if you go out, and second of all, do I have the right equipment for those conditions? So looking at the state of the sea is the most reliable way, um, but you can also use a combination of the following to help you to decide what size kite to use. Look at seagulls. This is a bit controversial, but it can give you a good idea of the wind speed. Seagulls, seagulls hover without flapping their wings when the wind is around 20 knots. This means 9 meter weather to most people. Look at the sand on the beach. Sand is blown across the beach when the wind is strong, usually above 25 knots. For most people, this means very small kites. And when the sand is blowing on the beach, it's generally a not, not a good time to go learning to kite surf. Stick to, uh, but it does depend on the sand, but like I'm saying, this is general. Uh, look at what other kite surfers are using. So most kite manufacturers print clearly on the side what size that kite is. If you see that most people are out on six or seven meter kites, and you only have an 11 meter, then unless you're extremely heavy, you will be overpowered and it will be unsafe. If you see people out on 11 and 12 meter kites, and you only have a nine, then you will be underpowered unless you're extremely light. There is of course one drawback to this, and that's if the kite surfer's already on the water, maybe on the wrong size of kite. So use other kite surfers as one of many different indicators as to what size kite to use. Another great bit of advice is talk to other kite surfers and ask their advice. Most kite surfers um, are extremely friendly and will help you to decide if you have the correct equipment and the wind strength for your ability. They can also, talking to other kite surfers, everyone is generally very, very friendly in kite surfing. It is a big family. And they will also warn you of tides, they will warn you of uh, uh, rocks, they will warn you of anything that you need to know about. It's definitely always worth going to talk to a local school or just talk and say hello to other kite surfers, even if it's just to be friendly. You can also use an anometer, a wind meter, um, but make sure you take the reading from the water's edge so you get an accurate wind reading. There's a few wind effects, like um, if the wind... It, the reason why you don't want to take it from the car park is because it can be a completely different reading to what's on the beach. Also, check a live wind report on the internet. Live wind reports can only be used as a guide, though, as a reading could be incorrect. This is because the location of the wind sensor could be located in the area that is shielded from the wind or in place uh, where the wind is in a place where the wind is accelerated. It could even be a faulty sensor, so don't always believe what the internet says. Um, what not to use? Flags and moving trees tell you it's windy, but they don't tell you the wind speed. So, a wind strength check made simple. Number one, find out the strength of the wind to make the correct choice of your kite. Number two, look at the sea, 
look at what kites are being used, look at an accurate current wind reading, ask other kite surfers if you are unsure. Number three, avoid strong winds and stick to light winds while learning. Okay, number two of the wind, the wind direction. So you have to find out the exact wind direction before you kite surf to be able to control your kite and to make sure you don't get blown away from the land. To find out the wind direction, one way is to stand with your back to the wind. Feel the wind on the side of your cheeks and listen to the noise of the wind in your ears. When you have an equal amount of noise or feeling on both sides of your face and ears, then know that the direction of the wind is blowing directly in front of you. Firstly, for safety, you need to know what direction the wind is blowing in relation to the land. So, offshore wind. This is known, also known as bang offshore, straight offshore or cross offshore winds all blow from the land and out to the water. All offshore wind is highly dangerous for kite surfing and should be avoided at all costs unless you have a rescue boat. Offshore wind can also be of poor quality because it has to travel over the land so is more likely to become turbulent which can cause your kite to become unstable and difficult to fly making offshore winds the worst of all the wind directions for kite surfing. Cross shore wind also known as sideshore wind, comes from the left or the right and blows parallel to the shoreline. This can also be dangerous because if something goes wrong, you will not be blown back to the land. To kite surf in cross shore winds, you need to be able to perform a self-rescue and a deep water pack down so you can get back to the land if something goes wrong. Straight onshore wind also known as bang onshore or directly onshore wind, can also be dangerous because you and your kite can be blown into the land and to danger very quickly. Straight onshore winds can generate bigger waves on the shore, which make getting into the water tricky. Even experienced kite surfers can have trouble in onshore winds, especially in deep water. Most kite surfers avoid straight onshore winds unless they have a large area of shallow water where they can walk out away from any dangers on land. Cross onshore wind is the easiest and the safest wind direction for kite surfing. Cross onshore wind comes from the sea to the land at an angle from either the left or the right. It is an easy wind direction to ride away from any dangers on the land Plus, if something goes wrong out to sea, you will always be blown back to the land. This makes cross onshore wind the easiest and the safest wind direction for kite surfing. Wind direction check made simple. Number one, stand with your back to the wind and find out the wind direction. Number two, cross onshore winds are the easiest and safest wind directions for kite surfing. Number three, never kite surf in any offshore winds. Remember, if in doubt, don't go out. So another good thing to do is always to look, just to quickly elaborate on that, just to look downwind. We're more concerned about what's downwind of us than what's upwind of us because we're naturally going to be pulled in the direction that the wind is going. 
And in the next episode of the podcast, I'm going to go through the site assessment with you so you can turn up at a beach and accurately look at the dangers and how to minimise all the uh, the dangers so there is uh, very little chance of you getting into any trouble. Okay, number three, forecasts, tides and wind effects. Before you go kite surfing, you must check a local weather forecast and ask yourself the following questions. Will there be enough wind for my skill level and equipment? Will there be too much wind for my skill level and equipment? Is the wind strength going to pick up so much um, for my skill level and my equipment? Is the wind strength going to drop off so it is too little for my skill level and my equipment? What will the direction of the wind what will the direction of the wind be? Will it be a steady cross on shore at the beach that you intend to kite surf on? Is the wind going to be changing direction or turning into dangerous offshore winds? Are there any severe weather warnings predicting dangerous storms, lightning or fog? What are the predict what is the temperature of the air and the water going to be? Will the tide affect any currents or create dangers at high tide or expose any dangers at low tide? And also, are there currents, riptides or anything else dangerous about that spot? The best forecast is for stable weather and consistent wind strength and direction. The worst forecast is for wind that is stopping and changing direction as this could leave you stranded in the water having to swim or to be rescued. Use common sense, but do not kite surf if you see lightning, the wind is dropping or changing direction, there are storm clouds or strange looking clouds, there is anything other than perfect visibility. Remember, and this is key, a forecast is just a forecast. A forecast is a prediction and it's only a guide as to what may happen. You cannot rely 100% on a forecast as it is just a forecast. Always check the actual wind speed and direction before you set up at the water's edge. And another tip is always take all of your kites with you to the beach. So many times people only take the kite size they think they will need. But of course the forecast is very rarely exactly what we get there might be it might say oh the wind is light today I'll only take my big kite and then you get to the beach and the wind is stronger and you haven't got enough power so always take all of your kites Um, last of all just talking about the wind um, which is very important to know all kite surfers need to know about these wind effects there are many different wind effects but these three are probably the most important in kite surfing. The Venturi effect. This is when the wind is forced through two objects such as mountains, hills or buildings. The Venturi effect causes much higher wind speeds. This can be dangerous if you are launching near buildings because you may not be expecting higher wind speeds but This well-known wind effect can also be highly beneficial as many kite surfing locations around the world are windy because of the Venturi effect. I think the best way to explain the Venturi effect is like a thumb going over a hose pipe. Um, It makes the water come out faster because it's going through a smaller gap. 
And there's many different places in the world that rely on the Venturi to actually provide good wind. Somewhere like Langerbarn in Cape Town, where the small wind or strong wind gets forced in between two land masses and then it uh, funnels through. I know that in Canada and also in Turkey, they have some Venturi spots. Um, the next thing to know about is the sea breeze effects. This is also known as thermal wind. And it's most likely to happen in cooler waters when the sun is out. The sun, basically how it works is the sun heats the land up, the warm air rises from the land, the cooler air from the sea rushes in and causes onshore wind. A good sea breeze can add 20 to 50% more wind to a forecast and provide, provide beautiful, consistent wind when nothing or very little wind was predicted. Or it can add existing wind, add to existing wind, making that wind much stronger. Something to know is if the, the, the wind must at least be onshore for the sea breeze to work. And many times, so many people miss out on amazing sessions because they look at the wind forecast and go, oh, the wind is only five or six knots. That's not enough for my kite. But if you see that it's sunny and that wind is coming from the sea um, and you know that the water's quite cool then there's a good chance that there will be a sea breeze. I have to mention um, in Camber uh, which is in the UK uh, at the Kite Surf Centre it's incredible how they have some of the best conditions in the world and even um, you wouldn't believe it in the UK because of that sea breeze. When the summer months come then they get the most consistent 20 knots that can even go up to 30, 40 knots in glorious sunshine because of their location. It's incredible. And that's the kitesurfcenter.com uh, uh, with Rupert and Tristan and Thomas. And they are the busiest kitesurfing school in the UK. And yeah, quick plug to the guys because they are absolutely brilliant and helped me to produce my book. So thank you guys. Uh, see you soon. Okay, the opposite of the, of the sea breeze effect is called the land breeze. Now, you need to understand it because when it happens, an onshore sea breeze can quickly turn into dangerous offshore winds. A land breeze is most likely to happen at the end of the day when the sun is setting or if the sun is suddenly covered by thick clouds. When the land cools down, the warm air stops rising and starts falling. So the wind direction changes from onshore, safe onshore, to offshore. So if you feel the wind dropping or changing direction while you are out to sea, get back to the land as soon as possible and avoid kite surfing um, after the sun goes down. These are really helpful wind effects to know about and over time you will definitely get a, more, a better idea. But this introduction to kite surfing and is all about the wind. The wind is the most important part of kite surfing. Um, I really recommend that you uh, have a look next time you go to a beach and become aware of the wind, which direction it's coming from. And this will really give you an advantage in your lessons. And I hope this podcast has helped you to, uh, to um, understand anything. There's a lot of information and that's just the wind. We haven't even got into the sight check we haven't even got into uh, setting up the kite 
and uh, and how to actually the uh, techniques of body dragging and riding, which we'll go through in future podcasts. Um, if there's any questions you've got, get in contact with me. Um, it's the kiteboardingcoach.com. Check out the website, get the free ebook. And uh, yeah, I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. I very much enjoyed going through it all with you. And uh, be safe. See you on the water.